You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. I came to call not the righteous, but sinners. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints, St. Matthew would have been fantastic at the great and high art of making lists. (laughs) Lists of the ships that were arriving there at the port. Ships departing. And their cargo. And here's the amount that he needed to collect from each one. Matthew would have had lists. Here are the people who are passing by. North to south. South to north. East to west. And here's what they are carrying. And here's what I collected. Here's Matthew's list of the men that he would have under his employ. Soldiers that were doing the work of intimidating the people. And slaves who were calculating all of the money. And here are the wages. Here's the list of all the taxes that I sent to Herod this week. And here's a list of all of the money that I kept for myself. (laughs) Now these lists and the tyranny and the greed that they represented were why Matthew and all of the other tax collectors were hated by the people. He was a Jew despised by the Jews, working for the hated and oppressing Romans, collecting taxes for these oppressors. And he stood at the custom house, collecting the profits that would come from the sea, the profits that would come from the farms, the profits that would come from the roads. And he would take the people's stuff. Now, there was apparently old rabbinic sayings about the difficulty of the tax collectors entering into repentance. But even these rabbis had distinguished two different classes of tax collector. There were the tax collectors that walked around from house to house collecting the income tax and stuff like this, which was apparently 1% at the time and all the other taxes that they could invent. And while these, the rabbi said, would have trouble entering into repentance, there was a second class of tax collectors, the tax collectors that sat at the customs booth that the rabbis especially despised. They would invent tax upon tax upon tax to oppress the people. And their being there was a constant reminder that they had failed the Lord and that now their kingdom was ruled by by the Gentiles. Now that's Matthew. And he knew it. Now, how all of this sin and greed and fellowship with sinners would have settled into Matthew's conscience, we don't know. But I suspect that if you sat Matthew down and you asked him to make another list, a list of the people that he thought Jesus would have as his disciples, that Matthew would have been the very last person on that list. Now, how would this list of Matthew go? Let's just imagine it. Matthew, could you make a list? Who do you think that Jesus will call to be his disciple? First would probably be John the Baptist. After all, everyone had heard of John and he was a well-known prophet. Then next on the list... Uh, Ananias, the high priest in Jerusalem. Surely he would have been holy. Then I imagine that Matthew would put on the third through fiftieth place on the list of likely disciples 
all of the Pharisees that he knew. And I think that Matthew would have ordered them in this way. The people that hated him the most would probably be the most likely to be Jesus' disciples. After all, hatred for sinners is a sure sign of holiness for the, for the Pharisees and probably for sinners. Now, if you were to coerce Matthew to keep writing, he would probably want to stop the list there. After all, that would be enough. That's probably who Jesus was going to call. But if you, if you forced Matthew to put everybody he knows on this list of potential disciples, then maybe he would, with a chuckle, put the fishermen who work next door, the guys that he's always charging, Peter, James, and John. Wouldn't that be a hoot, he would say, if Jesus called these guys to be his disciples? And then you'd really have to push. Who else, Matthew? Because this is the li- this is all the people that he knows that are holy. And everyone that he, everyone else that he knows surely would not be on this list. Surely Jesus would never call to be the disciples. Next on the list would go all of the people that worked for Matthew. His soldiers. His servants. The people that were in his house uh, collecting all of the money. And then at the very bottom of the list, I suspect, would go all of Matthew's friends. The people that he had invited for dinner that night. All the other tax collectors. And all of the other sinners. And then when you got to the very, very bottom of this list, potential disciples of Jesus, Matthew would write with hesitation, with shame, Matthew, the greatest sinner he knows. Now, if Matthew is sad about this, or if he laughed about it, or if he was proud of his own sin, we don't know. But there is Matthew, surely the last on the list, the farthest in his own estimation from the kingdom of God. And I imagine, dear saints, if you brought that same exercise to the Pharisees, their list would look pretty pretty similar. They, they wouldn't have to sit down and write it. They could just pull it out of their pocket. They kept a list of holiness with them. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have John the Baptist on the top of the list or uh, Ananias. They would have themselves there and then all their holy buddies, the Pharisees, and then they would probably laugh and put, and put James and John and Peter and all the other normal people. And then they would start to list under the line, sinner, all of the tax collectors, all of the unholy, all of the unclean, the people who they would never speak to, only they would preach about. But dear saints, this is not the list of Jesus. Jesus walks straight up to this sinner, to this tax collector, to this abuser of men, to this mini-tyrant, to this outcast, to this Matthew. He walks right up to his face and he says to him, follow me, follow me. Now you see a little bit of the surprise on Matthew's face with the picture that's on the cover of the bulletin. 
I, I always imagine that Matthew's draw, jaw would drop as he as he would drop from one hand his money bag and the other hand his pen and his ledger as as he would stand up and he would go and follow Jesus. But imagine also the surprise of the Pharisees, the scandal, the sputtering, their indignant anger as Jesus has taken their list of holiness and he had turned it upside down. And now this list is a guest list for the feast at Matthew's house full of tax collectors and sinners, all there eating with Jesus. And the Pharisees are still sputtering as they watch this happen until at last they get their protest out. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? How could he do such a thing? Does he not know who these people are? Even just to talk with them, much less to eat with them, is to make himself a friend of sinners. And it's not only embarrassing, it's shameful and it's unholy. Now, I, I think, and, and, and this is, just, again, my own imagination, that as the Pharisees would bring this charge somehow to Matthew's house, why is your teacher eating with tax collectors at sinners that everyone would have been utterly silent and all attention would have turned to Jesus, especially the attention of Matthew, because he's got to be thinking that Jesus maybe didn't know who he was, that Jesus had made a mistake. All of the joy of the food and the drink and the conversation between the sinners and the disciples and between Matthew and Jesus, all of it is silenced now by this accusation of the Pharisees. And, 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 they, and they must wonder, is Jesus now going to change his mind and listen to what Jesus says? I suspect, dear saints, that these words of Jesus would have, would have echoed in, in St. Matthew's heart and conscience and mind from this moment until he penned them down 30 years later and, and, and until he died the martyr's death in Turkey. These words were his treasure and his life. These words of Jesus. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came for sinners. Jesus came for Matthew and for his family and for his friends, for the tax collectors, for the prostitutes, for the outcast, for the wicked, for the murderous, rebellious, adulterous, greedy, thieving, lying, blasphemous sinners. Oh, how these words must have given Matthew such joy. And even as they echo in the heart and mind of Matthew, they echo every day in the walls of the Lord's church. Jesus came for sinners. Only sinners. If you are not a sinner, you do not need Jesus. If you do not know your sin, then you don't know that you need Jesus. If you are your own Savior, busy pleasing God with your own works and your own holiness, then Jesus is not for you. But if you are a sinner, that is a different story. If you are on the bottom of the holiness list, then you are on Jesus' list. Sinners. Rejoice, because Jesus comes for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus was raised for you.
Jesus is not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of your sin. He knows it. He knows all of it. He knows your sin better than you know your sin. And still he is pleased to come to you day after day, week after week, and stand in front of your face and say, I love you. I forgive you. I am yours and you are mine. You, dear sinners, while you not, might not be on anybody else's list, <laughs> you are on the list of Jesus, which is His book of life. And there you sit as His delight, as His joy, as His greatest treasure. Jesus came to call sinners into His kingdom, which means that He has come to call you into His kingdom. And while the devil and the world and your flesh would bring up the list of God's holiness and say that you are not on it, Jesus takes that list, erases it with His blood, and writes there in, the, in stone and in flesh your name. So today we rejoice with St. Matthew. We don't rejoice in the, in the goodness of Matthew or the great deeds of St. Matthew. We don't rejoice in the works of St. Matthew. We do rejoice in his words. But today we rejoice with Matthew in his forgiveness. Because you, dear saints, are his brother, even as you are Jesus' friend. And this, the death of Jesus for sinners, is your comfort and your peace. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.